With better pain relief, customized ball and socket joints, increasingly refined scanning tools, and the increasing use of robotic surgery, replacing a hip is not the fearsome thing it once was, or even what it was 10 years ago. While all surgeries entail some risk, it is clear that many people are benefiting from these replacements and living healthier into older ages because of these surgeries. Hopefully, in another 10 years, scientists can progress to finding ways to prevent the need for hip replacements by finding medications or therapies to treat osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. We have some articles to read today that outline what type of hip replacements are being done and what kind of steps patients can take before and after a surgery to increase their chances of a good outcome. I like that one article also walks through what happens while a patient is at the hospital. Having that kind of knowledge before you arrive at the hospital or surgery center sounds pretty comforting to me. So we'll start with Jane Brody, Jane E. Brody, writing for the New York Times. It's not your parents' hip replacement surgery, and this was published on January 18th, 2021. If I've learned anything during nearly six decades of reporting on medical science, it's that the longer you wait, the better the methods of prevention, diagnosis, and treatment are likely to become. That's true for almost every field of medicine, cardiology, gastroenterology, oncology, etc. And it may be particularly relevant for orthopedic surgery, a specialty facing ever-increasing demands from an aging population with bones, joints, ligaments, tendons, and muscles that break down after decades of wear and tear. Although repairing these body parts is rarely urgent, many people endure painful joints for years, even decades, often out of fear of surgery. The delay can have both obvious risks of ongoing pain and increasing disability, as well as unexpected consequences, like injury to previously healthy muscles and joints that are overstressed as a result. I have good news for people with degenerated hip joints that are in serious need of replacement. The last decade has seen significant incremental improvements in surgical techniques and the ability to fit patients with artificial hips that are highly resistant to mechanical failure or a need for revision. A close friend recently underwent replacement of a second hip nine years after the first and is thrilled with how minimal the pain was and how rapidly she's recovered function this time thanks to the updated techniques her surgeon used. The essential fact of hip replacement has not changed. Traditionally, the damaged ball and socket joint is removed surgically and replaced by one made artificially. But the way this is done, especially the preparation involved, can make a major difference in the immediate and long-term success of hip replacement surgery. As one surgeon, Dr. Patrick A. Meir, told me, a large part of today's improved performance, rapid discharge, faster return to function, and diminished need for pain management is attributable to more refined surgical technique, especially muscle-sparing approaches that result in faster pain relief and functional recovery. Instead of cutting through muscles to gain access to the hip bones, the surgeon navigates between muscle fibers of the pelvis to reach the bony parts of the joint. 
One major improvement is the use of computer-assisted navigation that enables the surgeon to see precisely how to line the, align the implanted joint. Dr. Meir, an orthopedic surgeon at NYU Langen Health, said that most surgeons now use some form of the technology, which results in more accurate leg length and minimizes the risk of dislocating the replaced joint. But perhaps the most exciting aspect of modern hip replacement is the increasing use of robotic surgery. Although robots have been used for many decades to manufacture motor vehicles with greater precision, robotic joint replacement is a relatively new kit on the block. And, Dr. Meir said, it typically takes surgeons 15 to 25 operations to develop proficiency in using a robot. The extra cost involved in robotic hip replacement is not yet covered by Medicare or most insurers. But after learning about its advantages, my friend chose to pay the extra several thousand dollars out of pocket. It involves creating a three-dimensional model of the patient's hip joint. A CT scan of the patient's pelvis is done before surgery, or a 3D model of the hip joint can be created at the time of surgery. When the scan is done in advance, the surgeon is able to create a more precise operative plan, in effect, a virtual rehearsal of the operation. Enter the robot. The robotic equipment software uses the information generated by the scan to create a personalized preoperative plan for the surgery. With the surgical plan in place, the surgeon uses the robotic arm to insert each end of the artificial hip joint exactly where it should go to maximize anatomical function. The robot moves within a predefined area, minimizing the possibility of surgical deviance from the pre-programmed plan while still allowing the surgeon to make adjustments during the surgery if needed. Once the robot comes into the field, it acts as a navigator and co-pilot, Dr. Meir said. The surgeon is still in command, but needs to expose less tissue and is more confident because the robot knows exactly where the cutting instruments are and where the boundaries of the safe cutting zones lie. If the surgeon should drift from the safe zone, the robot issues an alert comparable to the lane departure warning in modern cars and shuts off. In this way, Dr. Meir said, the robot minimizes the risk of inadvertent damage to bone or surrounding tissues. It also relieves the surgeon's stress when operating on complex cases. A critical factor in successful hip replacement is making sure the leg that is attached to the new hip matches the length of the other leg. Robotic assist surgery is reported to be five times more accurate in matching leg length than is conventional surgery. It's also better at inserting the new hip joint at the proper angle. Before the surgical wound is closed, the surgeon can tell whether the joint is properly aligned and the leg lengths are even, which results in a more stable joint. Robotic surgery is where things are going, Dr. Douglas B. Yunus, orthopedic surgeon at Mount Sinai Icon School of Medicine, told me. It more accurately reconstructs the patient's anatomy and results in better mechanical function. Off-the-shelf implants and the carpentry tools used to prepare bone are not good business or clinical models. It's becoming more economical and practical to design customized implants, he said, than it is to customize the patient's bones to fit an existing implant.
Not only have surgical techniques used in hip replacements improved, so has anesthesia, which now usually relies on a combination of treatments like a regional spinal block and peripheral nerve block, together with a pain relief cocktail that is injected directly into the local wound, Dr. Mir said. Both navigation and robotic joint surgery can also be applied to the replacement of knee and shoulder joints, although at the moment surgeons have significantly more experience with robotic hip surgery. A problem in gaining better insurance coverage for robotic hip replacements is the fact that most studies have been sponsored by the companies that manufacture the equipment, Dr. Yunus said. In the long run, however, as more surgeons become adept at robotic joint replacements and patients are shown to have faster and easier recoveries with fewer complications and less need for surgical corrections, the likely economic advantages of robotic procedures are expected to change the insurance picture. Prospective patients, too, can move the needle by insisting on the best surgical repair methods available. Now we go to the Globe and Mail out of Toronto, and this is titled, Is the New Hip Replacement Method Any Better Than the Standard? This is written by Paul Taylor and published on October 19th, 2020. The question, I'm on a waiting list for hip replacement surgery. I've read about a minimally invasive operation called the direct anterior approach, which apparently results in a faster recovery. Is this the best option? The answer. In recent years, an increasing number of patients have been choosing the direct anterior approach. And it's certainly true that during the first few weeks and months after the operation, these patients tend to get better faster compared with those who have other types of hip replacement surgery. However, like all medical procedures, it involves both pros and cons. What you need to know is that a landmark Canadian study published in March in the Journal of the American Medical Association identified potential problems with this approach. We found that the direct anterior approach was associated with a significantly higher risk of major surgical complications, says Dr. Bhishma Ravi, the senior author of the study and an orthopedic surgeon at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Centre in Toronto. The complications included deep infections and painful dislocations where the artificial joint pops out of the socket. Ravi is quick to point out that the vast majority of patients undergoing a total hip replacement, regardless of the surgical approach, do well and they're normally happy with the results. The hip replacement is one of the most successful surgical procedures in terms of quality of life improvement, he explains. But when there is a complication, it's not pleasant. It's going to be the dominant focus of your life for months because you may need multiple surgeries. Before delving deeper into the risks, it's worthwhile reviewing the two other types of hip replacement surgery commonly performed in Canada. One is called the posterior approach, in which the surgeon makes an incision or cut through muscles on the back of the hip. The other is the lateral approach. It involves an incision on the side of the hip. In both of these procedures, the surgeon has to cut through muscle to gain access to the joint. The worn out section of the upper thigh bone, the ball of the joint, is then removed and replaced with an artificial part. 
This means the cut muscles must heal before patients can experience the full benefits of a hip replacement. With the anterior approach, by contrast, the surgeon makes an incision at the front of the thigh and then moves aside the muscles and other tissues to reach and replace the joint. As a result, the muscles remain largely intact, which can contribute to a speedier recovery. To evaluate the three different surgical techniques, the researchers used Ontario Health data from 30,000 patients who received total hip replacements between April 2015 and March 2018. The findings revealed that 2% of patients who chose the anterior or frontal approach suffered a major surgical complication within one year of their operation, compared with only 1% of those who had either the lateral side or posterior back approach. The researchers noted that patients who had the anterior approach tended to be younger and in better overall health than those who had the other procedures. These two factors are usually associated with a lower chance of complications. So why was there double the risk with the frontal approach in a comparatively younger, healthier population? It's possible that the position of the leg during the operation makes it harder for the surgeon to get the artificial ball into the right spot. Despite the elevated risks, Ravi says some patients may still prefer the frontal approach if an earlier recovery is important to them. He adds, though, they should at least be made aware of the potential complications. Patients should also consider the surgeon's experience and not just the surgical approach says Dr. Amir Koshbin, an orthopedic and trauma surgeon at St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto. He suggests patients may want to pick a surgeon who does a lot of these procedures, more than 100 a year. Higher volume surgeons usually have fewer complications and potentially better outcomes, Koshbin says. On the other hand, by choosing a specific surgeon who might be in high demand, it could add to the length of time you have to wait for your hip replacement. So, what's a discriminating patient to do? One important thing to keep in mind is that most people reach the same level of recovery in 6 to 12 weeks after their operation, regardless of the type of surgery. In other words, those who have the frontal surgery are off to a faster start, but within about 3 months, all patients end up at roughly the same place, provided they haven't run into surgical complications. And our last article comes from, I love this name, Creaky Joints. This is written by Kimberly Hiss and published on July 5th, 2019. Hip Replacement Surgery Recovery. What doctors want you to know. If your arthritis pain has become so disruptive that you're considering hip replacement surgery, you're in for some good news. Whereas this procedure, formerly called hip arthroplasty, once involved significant hospital stays and recovery time, advances have improved the experience so much that doctors often hear their post-operative patients say they wish they would have done it sooner. Hip replacement surgery is probably one of the most successful procedures in all of medicine today, says Joseph D. Zuckerman, MD, FAOA, Professor and Chair of the NYU Langen Health Department of Orthopedic Surgery. 
Still, as with many conditions, hip replacement surgery for arthritis is often considered only after more conservative treatments have failed. You start by treating the pain, says Dr. Zuckerman, who explains that doctors typically begin with measures such as activity modification, anti-inflammatory medications, physical therapy, and cortisone injections. But when the pain or disability becomes so significant that these measures aren't effective, it's often time to consider surgery. That was certainly the experience for Lois W., a 64-year-old patient who'd been tolerating arthritis pain in both hips for years when the discomfort finally became too disruptive to handle. It got so bad every step I took was painful. I was limited in what I could do in Pilates class, and when I sat on the floor, I couldn't cross my legs, says Lois, who visited an orthopedist in the summer of 2018. After he looked at my x-rays, he said he didn't know how I was walking because my hip joint was bone on bone. When he recommended she get hip replacement surgery, she interviewed a number of surgeons and scheduled the procedure for a few months later. What to expect in the hospital? The first piece of good news about hip replacement surgery is the significant amount of improvement to the hospital experience in recent years. Total hip replacement in 2019 has come a long way from just 10 years ago, says P. Maxwell Courtney, MD, assistant professor of orthopedic surgery at the Rothman Orthopedic Institute at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia. Back when I was in residency training, this surgery meant a week in the hospital followed by a week in rehab with morphine. That's all changed now. While the details of hip replacement procedures vary, patients typically come to the hospital in the morning, undergo a medical evaluation, and meet with the surgeon and anesthesiologist. There are many ways of performing the operation itself, with variation regarding the incision location and the types of materials used for the replacement joint. But in general, the procedure may involve sedation with regional anesthesia, like an epidural administered during labor or childbirth, and a small incision on the side or front of the hip. The ball and socket hip joint is replaced with components made of ceramic, plastic, or metal. In the recovery room after the procedure, hip replacement patients are given medications to keep them comfortable by controlling factors such as pain, nausea, and inflammation. Hip surgery recovery starts right away in the hospital. While the recovery experience can play out differently for different people, it can be helpful to approach the overall process in steps. I think of recovery in three phases, says Michael L. Parks, MD, Associate Professor at the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York City. I tell patients that my surgery is 20 to 40% of the overall recovery process. The rest is their hard work. That work generally starts the same day as surgery. Phase one of recovery, Dr. Parks explains, begins within the first few hours after the procedure, when some patients dangle their feet over the bed and younger, stronger patients may get up and walk. This first recovery phase is about realizing, I've made it through the procedure, I'm okay and everything is working, says Dr. Parks. Every one of my patients who came to the hospital for surgery this morning has stood up, 
moved their legs, and gotten over their preoperative fears by late this afternoon. Dr. Courtney takes a similar approach. Our patients are up and walking the same day as surgery. Sometimes they're even doing stairs the same day, he says. This was certainly Lois's experience. Maybe a half hour after recovery, I was up walking with a walker. And my first words were, I have no pain, she remembers. The next day, they had me doing stairs. The second phase of recovery, as Dr. Parks explains it, is returning to daily activities, such as walking to the refrigerator, using the bathroom, and climbing the stairs. Tomorrow, the hard work will begin for the patients who had their pre procedures today, he says. This second phase can take four to six weeks, with younger, stronger patients sometimes getting through it in one to two weeks. Cassie C. was a 75-year-old dental hygienist at the time of her spring 2018 hip replacement. Her inpatient physical therapy involved using occupational equipment that helped her practice at-home activities like getting into a car or entering the tub. My husband acted as my coach, so he paid attention to all the physical therapist's instructions and helped me remember how to do things later. Barring any complications, discharge after hip replacement surgery can happen fairly quickly. Most patients spend one night in the hospital, then go home, says Dr. Courtney. Some patients who are younger and healthier with social support may even go home the same day. Some patients, depending on circumstances, will go to a rehab facility for a few days or weeks before returning to live at home. This may be the case for people who live alone and don't have caregiving support or who have factors that could complicate their recovery. For many others, it's perfectly safe to return to the familiarity of home straight from the hospital after your hip replacement. You're still in the second phase of recovery as you reacclimate to daily life around the house. Patients walk with assistive devices such as a walker or cane during this time. Dr. Courtney anticipates the majority of people will need a walker for a couple of days, then a cane for a couple of weeks. Most people are walking without assistive devices at four to six weeks, he says. With the help of a home nurse and physical therapist, Lois remembers switching from walker to cane four days after leaving the hospital. At six weeks, people across the spectrum are walking smoothly, feeling better, says Dr. Parks. As for milestones like driving and returning to work, time frames vary by patient, but in general, Dr. Courtney sees people going back to desk jobs in as little as two weeks and to more active jobs, such as construction work, after six. When it comes to driving, because the last thing to come back after hip replacement surgery is brake reaction time, Dr. Courtney sees patients back behind the wheel in an average of three to six weeks, with those whose left hip is replaced driving much sooner. Get comfortable walking first, then try driving around your neighborhood to see how it feels, he advises. Consider whether you might want to apply for a temporary accessible parking placard to make running errands after hip surgery easier. Phase three of recovery, as Dr. Parks explains it, is returning to more strenuous activities and exercise. These are my hikers and bikers, he says. Returning to such taxing activities can take three to four months. 
In general, patients are 80 to 90% better over three to four months, says Dr. Parks. And they'll continue to notice a tiny amount of recovery and small improvements for up to one year. Factors that affect hip surgery recovery. There are a number of factors that could impact how quickly and smoothly your hip replacement surgery recovery may go. One of the biggest is how active you were before surgery. Speed of recovery depends on preoperative activity levels, Dr. Courtney says. Younger, healthier patients will recover quicker. In addition, taking measures before surgery to minimize infection risk will help prevent complications from developing later. One of the most feared complications is infection, so we make sure patients are optimized before surgery, says Dr. Courtney. Overweight people above a certain BMI are at a higher risk for infection, so we instruct them to lose weight. We recommend that smokers stop smoking and that people with diabetes make sure their blood sugars are correctly managed. Is physical therapy after hip replacement necessary? If you ask a bunch of doctors and arthritis patients whether formal physical therapy after hip replacement surgery is necessary, you get a bunch of answers. The amount and duration of formal physical therapy after surgery is variable, and people have different opinions about it, says Dr. Zuckerman. But the beauty of hip replacement is that after a few sessions with a physical therapist in which you're instructed in your exercises, it basically comes down to walking. Unlike knee replacement, which involves a physical therapy focus on range of motion, extended formal physical therapy after hip replacement is not really necessary. Dr. Courtney feels much the same way. Most patients don't need formal physical therapy after leaving the hospital. The best physical therapy you can do after a hip replacement is just walk, he says. In a small subset of older hip replacement patients without social support who may have balance issues, physical therapy makes sense. But for most of our patients, the best thing you can do is walk. Physical therapy may be comforting for patients, though, who may be nervous about overdoing it with their new hip. Lois considered physical therapy to be a key part of her long-term recovery process. In Cassie's experience, physical therapy was absolutely essential. They teach you so many things as basic as how to pick something off the floor without your folding your body more than 90 degrees, she remembers. I'm sure I would not have been able to progress without therapy. For Cassie, physical therapy was also an important source of support and encouragement. It was very helpful to hear from a physical therapist that you were doing a great job. It really helped to build morale, she says. Physical therapy was also a social thing. You weren't confined to your house while you recovered, and it was encouraging to see other people doing their therapy as well. And I really, I really like that article because so often they don't write about the actual process, what you need to do before, during, and especially after surgery when we're left at home on our own. So I'd like to thank you for tuning in to Sound Body today. Please stay well and come back next week for more healthy living ideas.